0: Good evening. My name is Nihugi and I will be your conference operator today. Welcome to PagBank PagSeguros webcast results for the third quarter 2022. At this time, all lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Should any participant need assistance during the call, please press star zero to reach the operator. This event is also being broadcast live via webcast and may be accessed through PegBank PegSeguros website at investors.pagseguro.com. Participants may view the slides in any order they wish. Today's conference is being recorded and will be available after the event is concluded. I would now like to turn the call over to your host, Eric Oliveira, Investor Relations and EST Director. Please go ahead.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining our fourth quarter 2022 earnings call. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a, a question and answer session. Before proceeding, let me mention that any forward looking statements included in the presentation or mentioned on this conference call are based on currently available information and in PagBank PagSeguru's current assumptions, expectations, and projections about future events. While PagBank PagSegur believes that the assumptions, expectations, and projections are reasonable in view of currently available information, you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. Actual results may differ materially from those included in PagBank PagSegur's presentation or discussed on this conference call for a variety of reasons, including those described in the forward-looking statements, and risk factor sections of PagBank PagSeguro's most recent annual report on Form 20F and other filings with the Securities Exchange Commission, which are available on PagBank PagSeguro's Investor Relations website. Finally, I would like to remind you that during the conference call, the company may discuss some non-GAAP measures, including those disclosed in the presentation. We present non-GAAP measures when we believe that the additional information is useful and meaningful to investors. Presentation of this non-GAAP financial information, which is not prepared under any comprehensive set of accounting rules of principles, is not intended to be considered separately from or as a substitute for our financial information prepared and presented in accordance with IFRS as issued by the IASB. For more details, the foregoing non-GAAP measures and the reconciliation of these non-GAAP financial measures to the most directly comparable IFRS measures, I presented in the last page of this webcast presentation and earnings release. With that, let me turn the call over to Ricardo. Thank you.
2: Good evening from São Paulo, everyone and thanks for joining our webcast for the fourth quarter 2022 results. Tonight, I have the company of Alexandre Magnani, our CEO, Arthur Schunk, our CFO, and Eric Oliveira, Head of Investor Relations and ESG. Before I turn to Alexandre, I would like to share a quick overview of our journey as we completed five years as a public listed company last January. After that, I'll share the main 2022 achievements and comment about our ESG initiatives. Going to slide three, we share the five years key performance indicators for our company, and the three years key performance indicators for Tag Bank, our financial services and digital bank unit launched in May, 2019. Our company truly experienced an exponential growth in the scale over the years, including millions into the financial system, initially through payments, and then to digital bank to services. We have been successfully unlocking new addressable markets in payments and financial services, always balancing growth and profitability. Start with PaxSeguro data, our TPV grew nine times in five years, reaching 354 billion reais. And we have the largest payments network acceptance in Brazil, Accounting for more than 7 million active merchants. Peg Bank, our financial services and digital bank business, has been growing consistently in all important metrics, increasing engagement, unlocking cross selling opportunities, and leveraging our banking license to reduce our cost of funding. Peg Bank TPV increased 19 times, with total deposits growing 10 times. Surpassing more than 20 billion reais. Our credit portfolio grew seven times, reaching 2.7 billion reais, still very small compared with the opportunity we have ahead of us. And finally, even with all investments in our organic growth and the macroeconomic challenges such as interest rate increase, inflation, and uncertainty about consumer spending, not only in Brazil, but around the world our profits grew three times and our equity position increasing from less than one billion reais in 2017 to almost 12 billion in the end of 2022. on the right side of the slide, we can see that 52% of the 2022 equity figure is composed by retained earners, fully reinvested in our organic growth. Going to slide four we can see some of our 2022 achievements. We successfully implemented our repricing to offset financial expenses increase. At the same time, we had a strong deposit growth, which helped to reduce our funding costs and helped to diversify our funding sources. We also have been successful diversifying our payment business and in 2022 marked the consolidation of our hubs initiative, to extend our best-in-class services to small and mid-sized clients, NPAC Bank consolidated as the second-largest digital bank in Brazil with 28 million clients. In credit underwriting, we took the right decision in Q1 2022 to shift our underwriting from unsecured products to secured products. By doing so, we were able to unlock new growth avenues such as the payroll loans and credit cards backed by CDs and account balance savings, improving our gross profit impact bank. Finally, our disciplined capital allocation led to a significant improvement in operating and investing cash flow generation, paving our path to further explore the opportunities in payments and financial services in the Brazilian territory in the coming years. Moving to slide five, our natural call for disruption and value creation led us to set a high bar for deliveries in ESg. in december two thousand and twenty two we released our second sustainability report where every stakeholder can follow our main initiatives and positive impact in society. One point to highlight here is that our financial inclusion has been massive through a safe and hands free platform empowering clients, employees and communities. With that I finish my presentation and pass the word to alexander Maiani. Thank you, Ricardo. Hello, everyone.
3: After Ricardo shared our main achievements for 2022, I would like to share our highlights only for the fourth quarter, beginning on the slide six. Our investment philosophy to balance growth and profitability while keeping a disciplined capital allocation led us to report the highest EPS in PAG's history, 36% higher than the same period of 2021. Strong revenue growth above 20% versus 4Q21, reaching almost 4 billion reais. Cash earnings of 410 million reais, almost four times higher than 4Q21. And 9.8 billion reais in net cash position, further boosted by our efficiency in OPEX and CAPEX. In payments, our strategic pillar to grow in a profitable and efficient way while we continue to diversify our merchant base resulted in ninety four billion reais in PagSeguro TPV with thirty three percent coming from hubs and one point three billion in gross profit, fourteen percent higher than for Q twenty one. In financial service, we have continued diversifying our revenue streams through the consolidation of Bank bank Ross Profit of 131 million rise, 70% higher than 4Q21 and 3Q22. 28 million clients accounting for 21 billion reais in deposits and 2.7 billion reais in credit portfolio with increasing exposure to secured products. Finally, our two-sided ecosystem, which is just in the early stages to fully explore synergies related to lower transaction costs and lower cost of funding through our closed loop, led to more than 200 billion reais in TPV, PagBank and PagSeguro, 10% in market share of PIX transactions, and new features to further increase our cross-selling with clients, SMB. Payroll platform and automatic savings from account balance. Moving to slide seven, we present our client base and caching evolution. Our number of Pagbank clients more than double in comparison to 2020, moving up from 13 million to almost 28 million in two years. Active clients accounted for more than 16 million where 60% of consumers and 50% of the merchants considered Spec bank their primary account. Our growth in cashing reached 38 billion reais versus for, for Q2021, led by PagSeguro TPV growth and PIX transactions. As a result, slide eight reviews our deposits growth and their respective annual percentage yields deep diving, we were able to reach an important milestone this quarter, especially in such an uncertain scenario related to credit market, given the recent events and the interest rate trends in Brazil in 2023. The ongoing improvement in products and service levels combined to the seasonality led to a strong account balance growth. Total deposits reached $21 billion. 1.3 billion reais more than 3Q22, and 12 billion reais more than 4Q21. The increasing share of account balance in the quarter allowed us to reduce our Pac-Bank CD's distribution through 3rd party partners, reducing costs related to distribution fee, and the APYs in PagBank bank CD's, driving down our costs related to deposits without harming our go-to-market strategy to attract new clients and further engage the current ones. Account balance APY in 4Q22 reached 69% of the CDI, the Brazilian interbank rate, an increase in comparison to the previous quarter. This increase was mainly related to a higher number of days our clients kept their savings in Bank. APY on total deposits reached 96% of CDI, a lower level in comparison to the past two quarters, reflecting the higher share of account balance and the downtrade in APYs for back bank CDs. Moving to the next slide, I would like to share two features that we recently roll out to our clients. Thinking about challenge of Brazilian merchants to manage direct deposits of paychecks for employees, we launched our SMB payroll platform fully integrated in our PagBank app and in our iBank platform. Merchants can count with this feature to organize and schedule paychecks payments for their employees with a hassle-free solution. This is an important achievement for our array of financial services, especially for small, mid-sized businesses with multiple owners and employees. Another feature is the new version of our automatic savings. Initially, it was launched for merchants where they could find a percentage of their sales to be invested in pac CDs. Now, merchants and consumers can also schedule automatic savings according to their account balance, facilitating the investment from other cashing sources, such as peaks, salary portability, and other sources of deposits. With this product, we reinforce our commitment to financial inclusion, and education while we foster Pac-Bank account engagement. Moving to slide 10, we also would like to share a few updates about the ongoing improvements in our service levels. During the past two years, our teams have been working hard to increase client satisfaction while promoting additional cost savings through processes, automation, and optimization. On the left side, we can see our improvements in customer care. On the top left, our contact rate decreased at 49% in two years, an important metric as it represents a reduction on clients' problems with our products. On the bottom chart, we have also reduced the average service time by 29% in the same period. On the right side, we shared an update about our logistics operation, a key department for service levels. It's important to highlight that our operation is already extremely efficient, which poised additional challenges. but it did not prevent us to look for even better service levels. The average time for POS delivery went down 10% in two years, and the average time for POS replacement decreased 25% in the same period. Even though pricing remains one of the most relevant factors for merchants' decisions about their acquire uh, option, we observe that service levels have become more and more relevant in clients' decisions. Before I turn over to Arthur, let me talk about our credit portfolio. As we have been discussing over the past quarters, the company decided in early 2022 to reduce the credit underwriting of unsecured products and balance its portfolio with secured products. This decision opened new addressable market for us, especially in consumers, with payroll loans to retirees and public sector employees. At the same time, we increased our provisions considering the asset quality of unsecured products. As time passes by, we were able to reach $2.7 RISE in outstanding credit portfolio, where secured products increased its share from 7% in 4Q21 to 40% in 4Q22. The diversification of our credit portfolio contributed not only to our business diversification, but also to reduce the provision for losses, lowering our exposure to high-risk clients. Additionally, we launched a disruptive credit card where clients can tie their credit limits to their investments with Bank, further promoting financial education, while we manage the risks. We have no rush to grow materially our credit portfolio in the short term, given the uncertainties of the macroeconomic outlook. But our ongoing improvement in credit models, process, collections, and client risk assessment will potentially speed up our appetite in the future. Now, I will pass the word to Arthur to present our financial results.
4: Thanks, Alexandre. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us tonight. I will continue the presentation on the slide twelve with our Q422 and annual results. First, talking about the fourth quarter results, total revenue and income reached almost 4 billion reais, growing 22% year over year. This performance was slightly lower than last quarter due to higher share of debt card transactions, less credit limits available in the market, and soccer World Cup impact. Gross profit, Neutral off effects grew 18% year over year and was stable versus last quarter. Financial expenses decreased by 7% quarter over quarter due to five working days less than Q3 and the replacement of expensive funding lines to lower cost sources. On top of that, total losses decreased by 30% on quarterly basis driven by lower level of provisions for credit delinquency requested by secured credit products. I also would like to highlight that Park Bank gross profit improved 72% versus last quarter. Once again, operating expenses grew less than total revenue and income yearly growth, showing 230 basis points of operational leverage. Controlling costs and expenses is a recurring process under our DNA and a key component of our superior execution. Adjusted EBITDA, closed at 788 million reais, up 29% in comparison to the last quarter of 2021. EBITDA minus CAPEX, increased by 53% versus Q322, that represents a cash earnings of 410 million reais. Net income non-gap achieved 411 million reais and net income gap increased 35% year over year, reaching the highest profit in PAGS history, totaling 408 million reais. This represents an earnings per share of one real and 24 cents in the quarter, 33 cents or 36% better than Q421. During the last quarter, we repurchased 1.9 million shares under our buyback program. Our strategy and focus continue to better balance growth and profitability, targeting to improve shareholders' return. On a yearly basis, Pax closed 2022 with 15.3 billion reais in total revenue and income, an increase of 47% versus 2021. Gross profit total 5.5 billion reais, an increase of 19% year over year, even with a significant increase of almost four times in financial expenses, and with total losses growing 48% over the year due to additional provisions for delinquency on credit products. As a result, non-GAAP net income reached 1.6 billion reais, while GAAP net income amounted to 1.5 billion reais, an increase of 29% when compared to 2021 and representing an earning per share of four reais and 57 cents or 30% higher than last year. Moving to slide 13, PAX TPV grew 19% year over year, totaling 94.3 billion reais during the quarter. Better than expected, given the negative impact of the Soccer World Cup on business days, and credit limits constrained in Brazil, but with a good performance on holidays. Total revenue and income grew faster than TPV growth, reaching 3.7 billion reais or plus 25% year over year due to the positive result from the massive merchants repricing done in 2022. As a result, gross profit reached 1.3 billion reais an increase of 14% when compared to the same period of last year. In the slide 14, PAG's TPV reached $115 billion reais in Q4 22, 28% higher than Q4 21, reinforcing the customer's engagement on PAGBank account that resulted in a strong deposits growth, an increase of cash out through day-to-day banking services. PAGBank's total revenue grew 7% year-over-year year, and in the quarter at $329 million reais and slightly lower than Q3 because of our focus on secured credit products which have lower APYs and longer duration in comparison to unsecured products. On the other hand, gross profit reached $131 reais, an increase of 71% year-over-year, mainly due to our diligent credit underwriting of secured products. That naturally leads to lower provisions for losses. In the next slide, in the first chart on the left side, operating expenses reached 621 million reais in Q4 '22, up 7% year over year. This amount represents 15.7% of PIG's revenue versus 18% in the same period of last year, and is stable when compared to last quarter. The improved efficiency has come from personal and marketing expenses leverage as well as the contribution of PagBank and HUB's revenue growth. In the right chart, financial expenses closed at 855 million reais versus 403 million reais in Q421. Around 90% of this increase is explained by the hike of CELIC rate and the remaining portion was related to higher TPV volume, prepayment of receivables to merchants, and credit card mix. These effects were partially offset by the lower cost of funding as we leverage our banking license and increased bank deposits, combined to lower spreads negotiated with capital markets. We continue to focus on improving our funding process, diversifying sources, and extending terms to support the company's growth. Financial expenses was our biggest challenge during 2022, as we will see in the next slide. However, the Brazilian Central Bank has been keeping interest rates stable. The last interest rate increase was in August, and we expect for 2023 an average rate of 13.75% per year versus 12.53% per year in 2022. The graphic in the slide 16 is to illustrate how Pag's results evolved during 2022. Revenue growth was strong mainly expanded by Seguro's TPV growth and our successful repricing process. Cost efficiency and operational leverage captured also contributed positively for the yearly performance. Financial expenses was the major impact over the year, representing an increase of more than two billion reais into Pax's cost and expenses. DNA and POS write-off also impacted negatively on our results which we expect to decrease as a percentage of revenue in the coming years. Another impact came from total losses, many related to rise on provisions for credit losses during the year that is expected to reduce in 2023. All in, we have reported all time high figures with net income non-gap increasing by 12% when compared to 2021, and net income gap increasing by 29% versus 2021 totaling 1.5 billion reais. In the next slide, adjusted EBITDA minus CAPEX reached a positive amount of 410 million reais, more than three times versus Q421. Cash earnings represented 10.3% of PAGS revenue, reflecting management's focus on maximizing LTV to CAC ratio by reducing POS subsidies and adding more valuable merchants into the ecosystem. In the following chart, capex to revenue ratio reached 9.5% this quarter versus 16.8% in the Q4-21 and 12.4% in Q3-22. This decrease is driven by the lower capex related to the strategy of being more selective in merchants acquisition to leverage PagiBank and the increase of hubs and PagiBank revenue. On the bottom chart, Depreciation and amortization, including POS write-off, total 336 million reais, representing 8.5% of Pikes revenue. On slide 18, PIG's net cash balance ended the fourth quarter at 9.8 billion reais, increasing almost 1 billion reais year over year. At the same time, we have been improving our capital structure and diversifying funding sources to support volume growth with deposits now representing around 67% of our third-party funding source. To conclude our presentation, I will turn back to Alexandre for the final comments. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Arthur. Before we conclude our call and begin our Q&A session, I would like to recap our guidance and results for 2022 and our business priorities. Last quarter, we shared our guidance for Q4-22 and full year 2022. When comparing guidance and results, we saw revenues growing at 47% year-over-year, very close to our guidance. The mismatch was mainly related to a higher-than-expected share of debit cards in Q4-22, leading to a better-than-expected TPV at a lower take rate. Our net income was in line and above guidance in non-GAAP and GAAP basis respectively, mainly driven by repricing and operational efficiencies closing 2022 with the all time high figures for the three metrics, total revenue and income, net income GAAP and non-GAAP basis. Important to highlight that during the pandemic, we decided to provide quarterly guidance to increase investors' visibility about how business was evolving during this highly uncertain period. From now on, we decide not to share guidance to avoid short-term oriented view that is disconnected from how we manage the company, focusing on long-term and fully explore opportunities we have ahead of us in financial services and payments, always balance growth and profitability. We'll keep improving our communication and investment deck to address important topics with analysts and investors about our equity story and clarify potential questions about business development. It has been proven how resilient our business is independently of the economy, industry, or regulatory chains. Our investment philosophy of balanced growth and profitability has not changed, and the opportunities remain extremely compelling for our company. Looking ahead, our main focus are grow profitably in payments and keep increasing market share in key segments, foster bank bank engagement to diversify revenues and increase revenue per customer, develop our two-sided ecosystem providing a unique and superior value proposition, improve models and process to reduce loss and costs, and execute disciplined capital management to improve EPS and cash flow generation. Now we have ended our presentation and we will open the Q&A session. Operator, please.
0: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star one. Our first question comes from Mario Pieri, Bank of America.
5: Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Congratulations on the quarter. Uh, let me ask you two questions. I know, I know you, you're not providing guidance, and I'm not looking for specific numbers either, but just wanted to get a sense from you. How, how are you seeing the operating environment in Brazil for this year? Uh, especially recently, I think ABEX reported that they were forecasting volume growth of about 14% in 2023. I was just wondering if this number makes sense to you, if you think you can maintain your market share, gain market share or not. And and also related to the competitive environment, how, how are you seeing prices behaving in Brazil? Uh, Do you think you have room to to continue to raise prices, or are we getting to the point where clients would suffer if you continue to raise prices, and if you're seeing anyone trying to anticipate a a decline in in interest rates in Brazil and trying to reduce prices ahead of that? Thank you.
2: Hi, Mario. Thank you for the question. Good to hear you. Uh, let me start with the the, the big picture that you, that you asked, and then we can go to the part of the prices and so on. So, uh, as you said in the question, ABEX is expecting the march to grow between 14 and 18%. So, we only had uh, two months at this point. So, it's hard to say if that is, uh, let's say, okay or if it's going to be higher than that or lower than that because we only had January and February. But we are working to keep growing payments in a profitable way. Uh, Market share, to be honest, is a consequence. We are looking for growing our TPV in specific segments, which is the the long tail, micro merchants, and the SMBs. So, of course, we are not disconnected from from the whole economy or from the whole cards industry. But so far, we saw uh, January and February according to our business plan. So, that's what he had in the January plus February, according to our business plan. Um, talking about the prices, we we didn't change the prices for the long tail in the past years, and we don't plan to do that because we just want to keep simple uh, and looking forward. Although, a few months ago, we expect the interest rates to go down, and then what we see today is the interest rate to keep stable. So, we don't see um increasing prices for for long tail at this point. But if you think about SMBs and other niches that we have in our base, there are some opportunities in some segments, some niches that we could increase prices uh, if necessary in the short term. Uh, we don't also we don't have any plan to decrease prices ahead of uh, possible interest rate decrease because we don't have this visibility at this point. Uh, once you have this visibility, we can discuss here. But at this point, all the the data that you have and now the the interest rates, curves feature we see, uh, the interest rates are at the same level that we have today, which is 13.75% per, per year.
5: Okay, now that's clear. Let, let, let me ask then a follow up with regards, you know, to, to the overall health of the system. We we continue to see your client base decline. I think it's four consecutive quarters here that we, we have seen lower client base. And can you, can you break that down between the SMB and the micro merchant segments and talk about mortality? Uh, because, again, we're starting to see that on, on the credit side, right? Like the corporates in Brazil are starting to have some problems, financial problems, because of the high rates, environments, weak economy, etc., I, is,
2: is that what explains that as well, the decline in your client base? So uh, Mario, the, the decline in our base, the majority of this decline is in nano-merchants. Uh, nano-merchants are responsible for a very, very small part of our TPV, less than 3% for our TPV. So if you look at the number of merchants, although we are decreasing, uh, our TPV is growing growing on a yearly basis, growing on uh, TPV per merchant. If you look at the year figure, we are growing faster than the industry. And of course, uh, the profitability are reaching record levels as you could see in the presentation. So, although the the net ads or the, the active merchant base is a metric that everyone follows, uh, the fact that we are losing nano merchants, uh, it doesn't correlate with financial metrics. So. We are looking for clients in these key segments, which are micro merchants with some levels of TPV and SMBs where we have profitability in payments and we have opportunities to cross sell and to penetrate Peg Bank. So that's why the, if you ask me the, the, the active merchants base looking forward, there could be a downtrend, but we are not concerned with that because we are losing clients that they have very low TPV. Uh, low probability of bank penetration, uh, and that's why even losing these clients, we are growing TPV 40% year over year and reaching record levels of profitability. Regarding credit, we took the right decision in Q1 2022 to shift our uh, credit from unsecured products to secured products. Today we have 40% of our credit portfolio uh, that is secured. We expect that to reach uh, 60% in, in short term, in, in the following quarters. And uh, so that's why even with this credit crisis we are seeing in Brazil, even in the corporate, we are not seeing our, our NPLs having problems because we have the full collateral for this part of our credit portfolio. So um, that's the overall picture that I have in terms of credit. What do we what could have happened in Brazil in Q4 is that some banks uh decrease the limits for the credit card holders they have, and that's why it, to some extent could um, constrain consumption. People that had some limits in credit, and you now they have a lower limit because some banks are decreasing. And if you look at the, the results from banks, the quarterly call from some banks, we're seeing some NPLs going up there. So that could be the impact for us. But in the acquiring business, I'm saying, I mean, people with lower credit to spend money, uh, but overall, we don't see this crisis in corporate generating any problem in our credit portfolio or any other operation related to PagSeguro or Bank.
5: Okay, no, perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mario.
0: Our next question comes from Brian King, Deutsche Bank.
6: Hi, guys. I um, wanted to ask about uh, the Paki Bank revenues and the delta to volume. Um, I just wanna make sure I understand the delta and do you expect, uh, or when do you expect maybe the delta between the gap between volume to revenue growth to close in, in Peggy Bank?
2: Hi, Brian, thank you for the question. Uh, I guess we are talking about the volumes of Peggy Bank TPV and correlates that with the, the revenues. Uh, right, right. Uh, yeah, a large part of this TPV in PagBank, they are not monetized because it's uh, based on people sending money from PagBank and sending money f- uh, to PagBank and or from PagBank to someone else. So that's the, the, the nature of this money flow coming in, coming out, cash in and cash out. And we do not monetize that. It's more like important for engagement and this kind of stuff, but the, the revenues are based on uh, transactional when people pay some bills here or spending money uh, with our cards, interchange, or related to credit. Those are the, the three main drivers for our revenue. So, um, what we had in Q4 is that as we are having this shift from secure unsecured products to secure products, the duration of these uh, loans uh, are higher than what we had in, in unsecured products. So, we had a decrease in revenues related to credit. Uh, and that's why the, the revenues went down 10 million reais, 10, 10 million reais in, in Paggy in Q4 compar- compared to Q3. So it, we cannot correlate that, Brian, because um, we are seeing people using more and more bank account. That's why you see deposits are growing and so on. So um, making this math as a percent of TPV uh, doesn't, doesn't mean too much, to be honest. Got it
6: got it and uh my my second question is just on on the rates and the financial expenses um obviously that higher rates pressured the uh the profitability all year. Can you talk a little bit about how much additional pressure you expect in in the financial expenses this year uh, that could pressure net income margin and then Secondly, you mentioned the possibility of cutting rates if rates dropped and not actually keeping the benefit from, from a rate drop. Can you just make sure you can explain how you guys would go about doing that? Because I, I was under the assumption that you guys would be able to benefit from, from lower rates into the profitability would improve. Thanks.
2: Hi Brian, this is Ricardo. I will start with the, the, the second question and then Arthur can help us with the first part of the questions related to financial expenses uh, and the rates. Uh, if the rates, interest rates go down, our financial expenses will go down and we do not expect to decrease prices automatically. The dynamics or the moving parts here would be the following. In long tail, We had the same rates since 2016. I mean, the past years is exactly the same rates, the prepayment, MDR, and so on. So if the interest rate goes down, we're going to recover margins in long tail in the next business day. In the SMBs, we will not decrease price automatically. We'll try to keep advantage of this decrease in cost and keep the same levels of MDRs and prepayment so that we can have a better margin in SMBs as well. Of course, there will be some clients that will contact us asking if they could have a better condition or a better price and some clients will not do that. So the same dynamic that we had when the interest rates went up and we waited a little bit to increase prices, we're going to have the opposite movement at this point. The interest rates go down and we will not decrease the price automatically for SMEs. So on average, we should have some benefits in the SMBs as well because not everyone we will decrease prices in the next business day. It's going to take a while, and some of the clients probably will not even decrease the price for a long, a long time. So in long tail, we're going to receive the benefit automatically, and in SMBs, we'll try to have the benefits as much as we can. Of course, it depends on competition, depends on many variables, but. There could be some, some advantage, that's for sure. Because when you have 7 million clients, you have everything. You have clients that you call in the next business day and clients that don't even pay attention to that in detail. And Arthur can help us in, in the financial expenses for 2023. Yeah. Uh, Brian, regarding
4: to financial expenses, uh, uh, we will see in 2023 uh, the expenses higher than 2022 because of two reasons. The first one is the volume growth of our prepayment business. And the second point is related to average interest rate for the country that in 2022 was 12.5%. And in 2023, we are expecting at this point that will be stable during the year at 13.75%. So based on those two things, the expenses that we are expecting for 2023 will be higher in nominal terms
6: versus 2022. That's helpful, just a quick one. Is there still repricing benefit you will see positively in in fiscal year twenty three or did that that benefit in in slide sixteen the six hundred sixty eight um was that just a a fiscal year twenty two phenomenon and you won't see a benefit of of, of repricing in fiscal year twenty three
2: Brian there are some moving parts here again as you can as you can imagine we 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 We'll have some benefits in repricing, as I mentioned in the previous answer to, to the other analyst. We are looking at some niches that we, we may reprice in the near term. But on the other hand, we have a change in the mix. SMBs are gaining share and SMBs, they are good business because they have five times more volume than, than long tail, but they have a lower take rate. So if you look in absolute terms, uh, we should have benefit If you look at a percentage or net take rate or a percentage of the revenues, probably we're going to have this, this pressure because of the mix. So we have these two big moving parts here. Repricing from one hand, from one side, and the change in the mix, uh, SMB growing faster than other clients, um, and then pressuring a little bit take rate. So those are the, the moving parts here. But as we said before, we expect the – the EPS accretion in 2023 versus 2022. That's what we are working for. Great, thanks for taking the questions.
0: Thank you, Brian. Our next question comes from Josh Siegler, Cantor Fitzgerald.
7: Yes, hi guys, thanks for taking my question today. Uh, I was wondering, so far year-to-date, have you seen any notable changes in the micromerchant behavior, either uh, in volume or how they're interacting with your platform? Thanks.
2: Hi, Josh. Thank you for the question. No, we didn't see any change uh, in the, the micromerchant's transformational change. Of course, we are trying to penetrate Peggy Bank as much as we can. So we see some segments or some clients <laughs> that are using PagBank more and more. Uh, as you could see in the, in the deposits figure that we presented, if you make the math between the average account balance for a client, you see that we grew almost a hundred percent year over year. So that's a, a good change in behavior for micro merchants. And, and that's all. Um, and, uh, average. that's, yeah, average TPV is also growing, but, um, no, no, no big changes that we could comment for you. <clears throat> okay. Understood. And then I, I'd like to focus on the payroll platform
7: a little bit, because it seems like it represents a significant growth opportunity for the company. How are you thinking about the overall impact that this can have for PagSeguro?
2: Well, that's that's great. I mean, we, we have this payroll platform because we have some clients that would like to use PagBank to pay their employees. And, of course, they don't want to come here and make 30-wire uh, transfers, 50-wire transfers, 100-wire transfers. They just want to – have a spreadsheet or a, a file that they can just upload, and then with one click they can do that for up to 2,000 employees. So the idea is to have more uh, clients using us as a primary bank for the, their businesses. And, uh, of course, we're going to try to make this cross-sell for their employees as well. So the idea is to, to have companies using us to pay their employees so that we can also uh, try to bring their employees to work with us, and increase the the account balance that we have here because the more money coming in, the more money flowing through our ecosystem, the higher the probability of this money to stay with us, and then we have all the benefits with the deposits and lower uh, cost in the deposits That we, we gave some disclosure in the presentation. So the idea is more related to engagement and to make businesses to use Spike Bank as their primary account. Understood. Appreciate the color. Thank you. Thank you, Josh.
0: Our next question comes from Pedro Leduc, Itaú BBA.
8: Thank you very much for for taking the question and uh, I want to thank you for the incremental disclosure. Okay, Uh, I want to dig into the financial expense line a little bit more, but for this quarter specifically down seven percent sequentially uh, and within that the securitization of receivables line was the main contributor down a lot, sequentially 30%. Can you help us understand this perhaps a little bit more? Uh, fill in the gaps between, maybe was it a lower prepayment share from working capital? Seems like it was a little bit less. And of course we had less credit this quarter. Maybe it was a lower duration that you securitized or, or much lower costs. Uh, so just help us fill in this uh, this, this line for the quarter, uh, financial expenses and watch roll the securitization down. That would be great. Thank you so much,
4: hey, Pedro. Thank you for the question. It's actually speaking uh, so related to the Q four twenty two expenses that we had compared to Q three. So the first point that helped us in these uh, expenses in the quarter was related to the five working days uh, less in Q four in comparison to Q three. The second point was related to share of debits in comparison to uh, Q3, higher mix of debit cards helped us in these working capital needs. And also the most important point to reduce the cost for us was related to deposits. We increased the number of deposits in, in Q4, mainly related to the balance account from our clients in Bank account. Uh, and also because we have a, a banking license in, in, in our group, so we can use these deposits to fund our uh, merchant's prepayment uh, operation. On top of that, based on the results that uh, we obtained across the year and across all years since the IPO, that accounted by uh, 5.2 billion reais, we also helped us to change some expensive lines to uh,
8: better sources
4: to fund the operation.
8: Okay, super. And uh, and, and, if, and if I may a follow-up on the securitization costs, so of course, you, you have several ways to securitize your, your receivables. Um, how did you see those costs, I think percentage of leak-wise, maybe uh, during the fourth quarter? And how are you seeing it, if different, now in the first quarter post the, the credit event that, that we have in Brazil? Has it changed overall
9: for you? Thank you.
4: Yeah, related to account securitization, we saw during, uh, 2022 a reduction in the spread that we are paying for the banks, uh, to advance these receivables to them. And especially in Q4, we also see, we also saw some reduction in comparison to Q3, in comparison to Q2. So it's better to us that we have a good negotiation with the banks. Uh, and for Q1, 2023, 20, we are seeing almost the same cost that we are paying for Q4. So there is no uh, concern about uh, about the, the AR securitization that we had with the banks at this point.
0: Great. Thank you very much again. Congrats. Thank you. Our next question comes from Domingos Falavina, JP Morgan.
9: Thank you guys for taking the question. Um, two quick ones. The first, you had a some reversals right in stock-based compensation um, and was running 30 to 40 million. My question is, what's kind of a normalized level that you guys think makes sense for that expense line into 2023? And if you did mention that um, in the coin, I missed, I I'm sorry, I had some connection issues. And my second question is, a figures figures um, came out, right? And the total year uh, for TPV grew about 30. But December year-on-year year was growing at 12, so we're obviously seeing a major acceleration on, on the back of what you guys precisely mentioned of lower credit limits um, to, to the banks. And i mentioned mentioning total uh, credit debit was prepaid, but you know debit has other headwinds uh, such as peaks and others. My my question is, while you don't have any guidance for next year, what would be your you know best guess for industry TPV growth next year? Do you guys think it grows above 12? 12 to 15, 9 to 12. Like, could provide a, a bad, an educated uh, guess for us. It would help as well.
4: Uh, Domingos, thank you for the, for for those questions. Uh, I will answer the first one related to the non-GAP adjustments that we have this quarter. Uh, so first of all, it's important to say that uh, we have a, a accounting reclassification from uh, non-GAP to GAP in terms of uh, capitalization of uh, uh, long-term incentive plan for R&D, especially specifically for R&D. It's a non-cash impact, so it's important to mention that it's it's a non-cash impact. Uh, so we reclassified some uh, expenses related to amortization that was booked in the wrong place. Uh, in uh, that was affected the non-gap uh, previously, and now in Q4 we adjusted that, reclassifying from non-gap to gap. On top of that, uh, we concluded the year missing some goals that we had in the long-term incentive plan. And so we reverted the provision that we booked before. On top of that, uh, the the share price reduced from Q3 22 to Q4 22 from $13.22 to $8.74. Based on that, we also had a reversion of the provisions that we booked until Q3 2022. Related to uh, 2023, we are expecting to back to the same level that we had in Q3 2022, around uh, 30, 35 million reais, or in the year 150 million reais.
2: Domingos, regarding the, the growth of the industry in 2023, the best data that you have is the, the ABEX data growing from 14% to 18%. So uh, we had a good January, February. We didn't have Carnival in 2022. Now we had Carnival in 2023, so it's not comparable. We know that part of the, the government that we have is trying to increase consumption or will try to increase consumption. So the best data that they have is to to the ABEX data to grow between fourteen to eighteen percent. The industry as a whole will grow that. So that's what we are basing our assumptions. Uh, that's where we we're working at this point. And if something changes we we, we can come back to you. But the the, the assumptions that you have are those grow between fourteen to eighteen percent. The industry as a whole. Super clear, thank you guys.
0: Our next question comes from Niha Agarwala, HSBC.
10: Hi, congratulations on the results and I have two questions. First on Park Bank, it seems like uh, Park Bank achieved good operational efficiency plus benefited from provisions declining quarter on quarter. What other levels do you have for 2023 to improve the profitability at Park Bank because the revenues are going to be hit, uh, to Q, uh, to Q onwards. And, uh, related to Park Bank, you, most of the growth that you're talking about for the credit business is going to come from the secured loans portfolio and you expect it to go to 40, 60% of total loans. But what about the unsecured loans? Do you, uh, still think that the macro is not supp- uh, supporting to grow on the unsecured side, uh, on the unsecured loan side and you want to? be cautious or do you think that you can pick up growth maybe in the second half of the year on on that part would be very helpful my second question is more longer term so we understand that in the short term you are focusing uh on the more profitable merchants and you're happy to lose uh some of the merchants but in the longer term the long tail segment is say about a third penetrated do you think the nano merchants would at some point become profitable and it would make sense to service them or uh, given your experience in the segment, now you believe that this is not a segment that would uh, become profitable uh, enough for you to service them. So uh, anything about that from a more medium to long-term perspective would be helpful. Thank you so much
2: to. this is Ricardo. I will start and then Arthur can can help us with the provisions and so on. So we'll start from backwards. Um, when you look at nano-merchants, we see, uh, as as always, there are many moving parts here. There are nano-merchants that became merchants because of the COVID, because of unemployment, because of pandemic. There are some of these businesses that the the mortality of these businesses, there are some non merchants that Got a formal job and decide not to work by themselves anymore. So there are many moving parts, and um, that's why also the nano merchants base. Some points we is not only one reason that it's going down. There are many reasons. Some some people may shut down their businesses. They get a job and so on. Uh, nano merchants, we think they could be profitable, but in such a way that we have a PAC bank account. They use the account. We can get the data. They have a CD we can have the benefit of the float and so on. But if you had to uh, subsidize POS, the level that we have today in subsidies, the exchange rate between reais and dollar and so on, it doesn't make sense for us to invest in a nanomersion with this risk of mortality and churn and so on that I, I mentioned because uh, there's no payback. But we can work with these nanomersions in PagBank. We are happy to work with them. Uh, and to some point we we keep working with them to sell devices and so on but we are not subsidizing in the same levels that we had in the past that we had thousands of net ads or gross ads and we didn't have payback so we're more disciplined in 2022 as we said in, in all the calls uh, and that's why you got these record levels of net income talking about the unsecured products we have the processes in place we've been improving our models we've have a better team that we have in the past, we are investing in this in this department in the company, but definitely the macroeconomic scenario doesn 't help. We see even the banks that have a lot of experience doing this type of credit in Brazil not struggling but have difficulties with NPLs and so on so definitely is not the, the time to to go to the un, to the unsecured products and by the way, we have a lot of demand for secured products, so that 's why we are growing. Uh, uh, in terms of credit portfolio every quarter. The the unsecured product used to be 35, now it's 40. So we have demand for secured product. So there is no reason for us to go to unsecured at this point. Um, If we will be able to do that or if you do that in Q2, we've got to wait a little bit. But at this point, the best info that we have is that we we don't have plan to go to unsecured products um, in short term. So Arthur, can you help with those provisions and so on?
4: yeah in terms of in terms of provision we uh we increased a lot the level of provisions in Q1 Q2 and Q3 now in Q4 we could reduce the level of provisions because uh the level that we have is enough to support the, the losses that we are expecting for the next 12 months uh during the year we also worked to adjust all the mo- the credit models that we had uh we adjusted the structure uh, and also the processes uh, and on top of that, uh, we have two other effects that uh, uh, create a good expectation for us in 2023. That is, uh, uh, improved in the IFRS IFRS 9 provision model that we improved this this uh, year, and create some comfort to us that we also have this this right level for provisions for the future, and also uh, the secure. Products that now we are originating request less provisions for the future. So we have a good expectation for Fag Bank in 2023.
10: Perfect. Thank you so much.
9: Thank you, Niha.
0: Our next question comes from Tito Labarra, Goldman Sachs.
11: Hi, good evening. Thank you for the call and taking my questions. Uh, a couple of questions also. Uh, first, you know, uh, good job on expenses. Uh, just is there room to to improve further? You know, particularly like the admin expenses, selling expenses that that were down in the quarter. Uh, is there room to to cut a bit more? Uh, and you know, would that in any way impact the growth outlook going forward? And then my second question, um, just a, a little follow up, I guess, on the, the take rate. I know you said you know debit was higher and. and somewhat uh, lower growth on on, on PagBank from the secured credit. Um, But, you know, it was a big decline compared to 3Q. You know, as the mix perhaps maybe normalizes and you get more credit, can can that take rate get back to to where you were last level? Do do you see any other pressure on the take rate? Uh, Just to think about how that can evolve from here. Thank you.
2: Hi, Tito. Uh, I will start with the take rate and then we can mm-hmm. go back to the expenses. Uh, yeah, in Q4, we had a, a higher uh, participation in the mix uh, with debit transactions, debit volume, so um, people using more debits in Q4. We also had a uh, shorter duration in the credit card with installments when compared to Q3. So these two things affect take rate, affect revenues, and also as we said, the, the fact that we are shifting our credit portfolio from unsecured to secured, we are kind of postponing the revenues because the the duration before for unsecured products was around one year, 12 months. And now we have something that is uh, insecure products three times uh, longer than that. So that's why we are postponing the the, the revenues and that's the impact that we have in Peggy Bank, uh in, in terms of revenues. Looking for 2023, we are not decreasing prices in long tail. We had same prices in SMBs. It's an ongoing process. Some clients, we increase prices. Some clients, we decrease prices. Some price, some clients we negotiate. So, but overall we've seen stable and net take rates at this point. We are not feeling pressure to decrease take rates at all. But what we have here is the change in the mix. More SMBs work with us. More volumes come from SMBs. So if you look at the, weighted net rate could go down, not because we're decreasing prices, but because SMBs are gaining share within our TPV. Uh, and as we mentioned before, it's good news because SMBs, they have more volumes than long tail. So overall, it should make sense in absolute terms. It should be better for us.
4: Uh, yeah, in terms in terms of our packs, uh, what I can say is we are expecting expenses growth lower than revenue growth for 2023. And based it on the layoffs that we applied in, in the beginning of January, market, marketing opti- optimization, and also leverage from the infrastructure that we developed in 2020, 2020 2021, 22, uh, and also leverage coming from hubs with more revenue, more volumes with the same structure uh, built until 2021.
11: Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Chito.
0: Our next question comes from Sherrick Sumer Evercore. Please, you may proceed. Hello, can you hear me?
2: Yes, we can hear you.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, so my question is on the, on the market share dynamics. I see that you haven't provided updated stats for how much was it, uh, in this quarter. So any color would be great on that. And secondly, how is the competitive dynamics, uh, evolved over the, like, over the past year and where does Paxagoro maintains an edge? And secondly, my second question is on picks. Uh, nice to see the market share gains, but are there any further investments that you need to make on the sales front or on the technology front. Uh, so, if you can provide some color on that, it would be great as well.
2: Hi, Sherek. When you ask me about market share, I, I assume you are talking about the TPV market share in the acquiring. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. When When you look on a, on a yearly basis, when you compare 2022 with 2021, we gain uh, 120 bips, 1.2% in market share. If you look at Q Q4.22 versus Q4.21, we are gaining 60 BIPs. In a quarter over quarter comparison, with which is Q4.22 versus Q3.22, we are losing uh, around 30 to 40 BIPs. That's the the main, the big picture here. So, overall, if you look in a more longer term, we are gaining share. If you look quarter over quarter, we are uh, losing this small uh, percentage of share. Uh, market share is a consequence of what we're doing but it's not our main target we could increase our market share if we wanted to by decreasing prices and so on but we, we want to have a healthy levels of margins and work with clients that see the value proposition that they have in such a way that you have good levels of profitability and, and reaching these record levels of net income that you saw in Q4 uh, if you look at the market overall uh, we also see some moving parts here that the players who benefit from in Q4 were those from big banks. Two of them from big banks, from they are incumbents, and as far as we know, they got some advantage, some tailwinds related to big chain hotels, airlines, and this type of merchants that we have lower or no low exposure. So. Uh, in the segments that we work, we are happy with the share that we have. We are working with these clients, increasing TPV per motion, increasing our net income. So we'll keep working with the, the clients and the way that we think is better for the company. Market share, it's a consequence of what we're doing, but it's not our main, main target at this point. So that's the, the main idea of market share. And related to peaks, we don't need to, to do additional investments to increase our peaks share as we saw in the presentation is 9.8% of the Pix transactions in the country. This is very uh, important for us because people use Peggy Bank as primary account, people leave the money here, people leave the money in the account balance, which help us to reduce cost of funding. So, uh, but going back to our question straight to the point, there is no additional investments in technology to be made in order to to increase our Pix share uh, in the country. Thank you so much, that's helpful. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from James Friedman, Susker Hana. Hi,
12: um, good results here. I was, um, I was wondering if you could <clears throat> share at least some high-level thoughts on the margins. Um, is there, <clears throat> say, any reason that the company structurally can't return to the teens margins you enjoyed when rates were more favorable.
2: Well James, it's definitely we have this we had actually this headwind related to interest rates in the country in 2022 although we were able to to offset that by repricing our base. So that's the the, the main picture. We had this headwind and we repriced our base in such a way that it could offset this uh, increase in financial expenses. Interest rate is important for us. It's an important driver for profitability because, of course, it affects our cost, our cost of funding. So if this rate goes down for, from 13.75% per year to a level below that, we take advantage. So how big is going to be the advantage, how big is going to be our our, uh, our benefit, it's hard to say to you at this point. But definitely, if, mar- if interest rate goes down, we should have better margins. Uh, and remember here that, as I mentioned before, SMBs are gaining share in our TPV in the acquiring. They have more volumes when compared to long tail, but they have lower take rate. So, it makes sense in, in in absolute terms to keep working with these clients and we'll keep investing on that. We launched the payroll platform and so on. But if you look as a percentage of the revenues, it's a kind of the, the headwind. Uh, so and just to finish here, we margins is, is not something that we are looking for um, as a main priority because we know that we are increasing our SMB's um mix. And also, we are the most profitable company in our industry. So, if you compare us on a basis that you divide net income by uh, TPV, you see that we are three to five times more larger than our competitors. So, we have the the highest profitability of the industry. We are growing. We are having records of profitability, as you could see in the presentation, the the record in Q4, the record of the year, 29%. Higher than what he had in 2021 in, on a gap basis. So we are we are happy with the profitability that we have at this point because we're balancing balancing our growth with profitability. So, but going back to your question, if interest rate goes down, it should be a, a tailwind for us. How big is going to be the tailwind? It's hard to say. And my uh, follow
12: up, I think Alex shared some commentary about the investment in the hubs. And I know that you disclosed the uh, hubs as a percentage of the volume of revenue how Where are we in the hubs investment journey? Is it now closer to the middle or the or the beginning or the end?
2: James, I would say that we are more closer to the end because we we invest in some hubs and we are the hubs that we we might open in 2023 is going to be more related to to small places or, or places, specific places that we see that we need to have an additional hub, but we will not grow massively our hubs the way that we, we grew in 2021 and 2022. So we are more incre- working to increase pro- productivity for uh, hub salespeople and try to, to get more clients in the hubs, of course, but we are not planning to to grow massively the number of hubs, the same movement that we had in 2021 and the part of
1: 2022. And James, this is Eric. Uh, There is no silver bullet, okay? I think uh, the superior value proposition that we have is based on sales channels, logistics, ag bank, full integrated to the payment service. So hub is just a sales channel that we are still exploring and increasing productivity. But at this time, I think most of the investments in the hubs are concluded.
12: Got it. Thank you both.
0: Thank you. Our next question comes from
7: Alex McGrath, KeyBank. Hey guys, thanks for taking my question. Um, can you provide just a, a bit more context on the upsell and cross-sell opportunity within the merchant base that, that you've been speaking around? Just kind of describe more or less what that looks like, and you know if there's any way to quantify the the opportunity there. I think that'd be helpful, and then I have one follow-up as
2: well. Hi Alex, uh, we have a. Um... I would say a uh, very decent penetration levels in our merchant space when you think about uh, Peg Bank. But you know, there are some clients that are not using us as a primary bank at this point. So half of them are using us as a primary bank and half is not using. So that's why we we keep investing in the Peg Bank uh, features. The, the example that we gave about play, payroll platform and so on. We launched debit cards. A few quarters ago, we are still working on to for for our clients to use more and more uh, so I don't have really to quantify to you how big is this this opportunity, but I would say to you that in the merchants base we have a very very huge opportunity ahead of us because we we see that they they use us as the the acquiring they might use some features in our bag bank but we are not the primary bank yet. Once you become the primary bank, we have many, many uh, tailwinds like account balance and take advantage of the float and so on. So I don't have here a number to give to you, but the idea is to increase the penetration of PagBank and the usage of PagBank in some clients that some of them we don't have the features yet, some of them we need to make them to use, some of them we need to convince them to switch from their banks to us. So when you have seven million clients in, in the that you, you, you can imagine that you, you have everything. Some of the clients they they use the, the feature the way the day that you launch. Some of them they don't even pay notation. So I mean a lot of work, but it, it's great that you have this huge base, 7, billion, 7 million clients to explore. Um, as we invest more and more in PagBank, would be I would say we are going to have more value to offer to these clients.
7: Okay, that, that's helpful. And then uh, my second question was just kind of around the PagBank uh, customer ad uh, expectations. I, mean, I know you're not guiding, but just, you know, very substantial that ads in, in 22 um, as we look at some of the, the charts in the, the slide deck here. I guess just any sort of thoughts as to how – AgBank net ads could could look in, in 2023, just given the, the you know really noticeable uptick in, in
2: 2022. Okay, Alex. So it, it's kind of related with the previous question. So we closed in 2022 with uh, 28 million clients, 16 million of this 16 million of these clients uh, active clients, and uh, 60% of those are pure consumers. So. In less than four years, we are the second largest bank, digital bank in Brazil, and it's kind of natural. Then we, we have this level of clients or the level of business, the, the growth might slow down a little bit, but we expect to keep growing NetAds Peggy bank in 2023. So we will keep growing, probably not in the same levels that we had in 2022, but we will keep growing the number of clients in, in bank. But the most important thing is just related to your previous question, which is to penetrate more and more PagBank and making more revenues per client that from the clients that we have today, and from the clients that are using us maybe as a pass-through, and we need to convince them to use us more and more. So that's the the main idea. So the, the net ads won't be as big as it was in 2022, but we also want to cross-sell more and more in the base that we have uh, and keep it growing net as well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from Geoffrey Elliott, autonomous.
7: Hello. Thanks very much for taking the question. I I wondered if you could give us an update on where you stand on charging for for PICs. It looks on the website as if you're now offering Three picks um, on on quite a few of your offers, uh, and then secondly, um, secondly, an update um, on the you know any shift from um, debit uh, into picks. Thanks, thanks very much.
2: Hi Jeffrey, we regarding the picks, we the regular price for for Long tail is one point. 89%, so it's 10 bips lower than uh, debit that we we offer for long tail. This kind of transaction it could have it could happen in, in online or it could have happen in one of our devices that we just generate the QR code in the POS and and the consumer can pay with their their mobile phones. To be honest. Uh, the base is very small, so it is growing, but it's a very, very small participation in the mix of the, the transactions in TPP. Um, regarding to PIX and debit, we we know that PIX is is similar to a debit card transaction because it goes straight to your, your balance. We, we don't see that cannibalizing the clients that you have. Maybe is cannibalizing part of the debit card transactions, but... In Q4, for instance, we didn't see this kind of movement because debit card transactions increased in our in our base. So uh, people keep using debit cards. The usage is easy, it's safe. People know how to use it. They know if they have a problem, they have chargebacks and so on. So we don't see that as a big transformational movement. Uh, although people are using PIX to uh, replace wire transfers, replace cash. Uh, and replace bank slips, boletos in, in the e-commerce. Those are the, the main, uh, features that people are using for, uh, for, for PIX. And also important to say that, as you show in the presentation, PIX was, a uh, very important headwind for cashing in, in PagBank. So mm-hmm. we also take a tailwind in PagBank. As you could see, the cashing through PIX in PagBank was massive. And it grew like from fifty billion reais fifty nine billion reais in two thousand twenty one to close to 150 billion, 150 billion in two thousand twenty two so that's the overall picture about about peaks.
0: Our next question comes from jeff Cantwell, wells Fargo
13: Hey, thanks very much appreciate it. I wanted to ask you um if you could give us some high level thoughts on revenue, we could see your, you know, your revenue and income of about four billion over the past couple quarters. Uh, QQ was about three point nine. And so I curious if you can sort of walk us through whether four billion can grow. Um you know, clearly there's a lot of moving parts to your model right now. So we're trying to think through active users on the Pag bank side, um, active merchants on the PagSeguro side, and K-grade and so forth. So I was hoping you might be able to give us a little bit of a color on the framework of how you're thinking about the plan going forward. Thanks very much.
2: Hi, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, so let me walk you through the, the revenues and the, the best information that you have at this point, but we, we, of course we had this small decrease in peg bank revenues because of the uh, duration of the credit products that I mentioned before. So we had this uh, 10 million reais lower in Q4 versus Q3, um, in overall PagBank. We had a, a decrease about 50 million reais in, in, in acquiring in, in PegSeguro, mainly because of the increase of participation of debit and shorter duration for credit card with installments. So those are the the main drivers. So that's why we're kind of flat uh, quarter over quarter. Uh, In 2023, as we expect the volumes to grow, revenues should grow as well. Uh, And these components would be We expect to to grow because credit will keep growing the, the secure products. And in Pagos Seguro, we should expect, uh, we should not expect take rate to go up because the participation of SMBs in the mix will kind of pressure this net take rate to go down. But overall, revenues should grow. Uh, talking about Q1, usually in Q1, TPV presents a decrease versus Q4 because Q4 is a high seasonality uh, season with uh, Christmas and, and Black Friday and so on. So, but we are seeing good trends in in revenues in Q1 as well. So, overall, going back to your question, uh, as we're going to have an increase in volumes, even with the the higher participation of SMBs in the mix, we should see increase uh, in the total revenues of the company for 2023
13: thanks very much for all that color much appreciated and if i could ask a quick follow-up similar thinking on the expense lines what was interesting this quarter was the revenue came in and we noticed that the um selling line and the admin expense line were a little better versus our model um and so i'm curious if uh you know if if there's a read-through there for 2023 in the context of your prior statements where 10% net income margin seems to be the gating factor. So I was hoping to get um, you know, either clarification or any additional color about how you're thinking about expenses slash operating leverage for, for the go forward. Thanks very much.
4: So regarding to ceiling expenses, what we have in, in, in this, under this line is uh, total losses. Chargebacks and provisions for credit losses as we reduce it 30% in comparison to Q3. So we see a, a great result on this, on this line. And going forward, we also expect a, a, a good performance in this ceiling expenses line. So you can check in the uh, page 19 in the earnings release, this reconciliation of uh, ceiling expenses. And so we are expecting for the future, uh, A uh, good performance in this line because we, we are working hard to reduce the chargebacks in the issuing, in the acquiring, and also the credit losses because of the volume and the level of uh, secured products that we have in our credit operation.
13: Okay, great. Thanks very much. Uh, congrats again.
0: Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. The Q&A session is now concluded. I pass the floor over to Mr. Dutra for his closing statements.
2: Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for the participation. Thank you for the questions, for investing the time to talk to us. If you have any problems with connections and and so on, we are going to pay attention to that and evaluate what we should do to get a better connection for the next call. Thank you very much. Take care.
0: Bag Bank conference call is now concluded. Have a nice evening. Thank you.